Today, we close out the month of February, what people call Black History Month. But we know Black history is every day of every year. There's something that we can learn. But I want to close out with a final Black history little known fact on today. And this is relative to HBCUs, Historically Black Colleges and Universities. While Jewish and African-American communities have a very tumultuous shared history when it comes to the pursuit of civil rights, there is a chapter that is often overlooked. In the 1930s, when Jewish academics from Germany and Austria were dismissed from their teaching positions, many came to the, to the United States looking for jobs. Due to the depression, xenophobia, and rising anti-Semitism, many found it difficult to find work, but more than 50 found positions at HBCUs in the segregated South. Originally established to educate free slaves to read and write, the first of the historically black colleges and universities was, Shine, was Shaney University in Pennsylvania, established in 1837. By the time Jewish professors arrived, the number of HBCUs had grown to 78. At a time when both Jews and African-Americans were persecuted, Jewish professors in the black colleges found the environment comfortable and accepted often creating special programs to provide opportunities to engage blacks and whites in meaningful communication, often for the first time. In the years that followed, the interests of Jewish and African-American communities increasingly diverged, but this once shared experience of discrimination and interracial cooperation remains a key part of the civil rights movement. Our little known, Black History Fact for today. I want to talk today from the topic of maturing your attitude. Maturing your attitude. As I was looking through my book, the book of Isaiah, 23-day devotional that I wrote last year, I'm going to the passage in Isaiah, the 30th chapter and the 18th verse, Isaiah 30 and 18. And it says, therefore, the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you. And therefore he will be exalted that he may have mercy on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait on him. Here, the prophetic voice of Isaiah, excuse me, shows a prophet who has seen many challenges throughout his life. His mindset was focused on hearing and doing only what God revealed to him. He determines that to wait on the Lord and because of that, the nation will exalt God. He declares that people become empowered by God 
when they decide to be patient and wait on him. Isaiah describes the waiting nature of God and how he waits on us to show his grace. So God lovingly wants to bestow his grace upon us, but we have to be patient. He waits on us to access his favor and appropriate the promise that God is true to his word and blesses those who wait on the revelation of the grace of God. I love how Mahatma Gandhi said, my life is my message. My attitude determines how I live out that message. My life is my message. My attitude determines how I live out that message. When we wait on God, it is a very special process whereby the Lord will cause our eyes to turn to him for help in our time of need. By extending the duration of our complaints, of our distress, of our trials, even a little bit. He enables our weaknesses to become apparent to us. Even the apostle Paul in Luke twenty-two thirty-two received direction from Jesus. It says, but I have prayed for thee and that thou fail faith, not fail thee. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. The concept of change is at the heart of Peter's attitude conversion. In any area, whether electrical outlets or religious identification, converting means changing, transformation grows from our attitude towards change. But this idea of change as applied to our spiritual lives immediately can raise a very personal question. Does my attitude need to change? In fact, if we look around us, it is popular today to embrace who we are, even with all our faults and fallibles, believing that desiring to bring about deep change in our hearts should not be attempted because, it's, because it is working against the healthy growth of our own personal fulfillment and self-worth and gratification. Really, this belief is counterproductive and works against the fruit-bearing process that is established by God. People say things like, oh, I don't need to change. Oh, people just need to accept who I am. I'm not looking for nobody else to change me. I just need everybody to accept me the way I am. I do want you to accept me, but I'm not willing to change. <laughs> Crazy mentality of self, a very self-centered attitude. There are those who view wisdom as learning to accept internal circumstances and adapting them rather than seeking true transformation. The leopard shouldn't try to change his spots, some say. We become mature when we are able to resolve a fixed, limited mindset about our own strengths and our own weaknesses. How we look at things, our attitude determines what the outcome will be. Our attitude determines the end result. The ad, our attitude determines the flow in the atmosphere. Our mindset impacts results, not our methods. Methods definitely yield impact, but our mindset sustains and supports the implementation of that dynamic life-developing impact. Your attitude will determine the results. 
Your attitude will determine the fuel for the process. Your attitude will even prolong or limit the learning through that process. We must learn how to monitor our attitudes. Otherwise, the fruit we yield will not be a sweet fragrance to the Lord. Every moment in life impacts our attitude, which in turn impacts every moment in life. Attitudinal importance dictates the results of each waiting experience. Our attitude is the portal to our emotions, to our affections, and to our passion. Our attitude feeds the soul's cravings to respond to life's circumstances. I have learned that the consistency of attitude or even the lack thereof impacts my stimulus to my external experiences. Attitudinal shift must adjust to the uniqueness of each circumstance based upon the core foundation within my life. During the struggle, my experience may seem negatively. I may amplify it based on my attitude. Many times we may determine the impact of the process instead of the process itself. The work of transformation resides within our minds. Stinking thinking yields stinking outcomes. The process is not based on an outward manifestation, but it is buried deep into our being to change our attitudes, our thoughts, and our desires of our mind and our heart. A transformation of the attitude involves taking away the masquerade, the facades, the purging and purifying them so that our attitudes might be conformed to the image of God and changed into the mind of Christ. The maturity of my mindset establishes what I will depend on. Jesus overturned the table and he cast out the money changers. Sometimes we compromise what is in our minds by allowing a wrong attitude to consume us and just accepting anything that we see. The temple that Jesus entered, it represented a mindset that it was acceptable to have tables where people could exchange goods and services. Our attitudes form the basis for how we exchange things with others and our circumstances. If we really look at this example, the point is that Jesus the Christ, who overturned the verdict of consumerism, Jesus overturns what we count on. Jesus will overturn our thought process. Jesus will overturn what we depend on. Jesus will ensure that we learn to give instead of taking. Giving is living. And when there is more taking than giving, there is also less living and even less giving. We have to have a mindset. We have to get a better attitude, an attitude of gratitude. We are no longer babes. If we are no longer babes, then we should be maturing in the things of the Lord. We should be daily growing and developing and striving to be better. Our attitude should shift. Our conversation should shift. Where we stand, where we sit, how we engage should shift. It should shift for the better because we are maturing our attitude. The scripture in Isaiah 30 and 18, wait, wait on the Lord. 
that he may be gracious to you. He will exalt you in due season. The Lord is a God of justice. Too often we are expending our energy on things that are foolish, on things that don't build up but tear down, on things that keep us stagnant and not show that we are growing. We need to daily begin to develop and grow the fruit of the spirit. We need to daily choose to be more like Jesus and less like the world. We need to choose that we want to be aligned in the things of the Lord. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says, talking about the fruit of the spirit. It's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's forbearing, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's faithfulness, it's gentleness, and it's self-control. And I, lie, I love how it ends with, and against such things there is no law. We should be flowing in the fruit of the spirit. We should be loving beyond measure. If my attitude is love, I am showing my maturity in the things of the Lord. If my attitude is joy, then I won't be sitting back and complaining. I'm maturing my attitude. If my attitude is peace in the midst of whatever's going on, I am showing that I am maturing in my attitude. If I am learning how to forbear, to bear all things in the Lord, then I am showing my maturity. My attitude is shifting for the better. I am being more kind to people. I am looking towards the needs of others and not myself. I'm being good to others. I'm standing on God's word and I'm trusting in him. I'm staying faithful to his truth. And I am daily growing more in the things of the Lord and less in the things of the world. I no longer want to walk in the fruit of evil. I no longer want to walk in the works of the, the flesh. You know, when we go and we choose fruit, we don't just grab the first fruit that we see. We look at that fruit. Depending on what type of fruit it is, we might smell that fruit. Um, we check the fruit out to make sure it doesn't have any blemishes, that it's not soft. Because we want to purchase the best fruit. We want to take home the best fruit that we can enjoy. Listen, the same is true for our relationship and walk in the Lord. We want to daily strive to put down those things that don't allow with align with him. We want to daily walk away from the evil things. Though those like I said, the way we talk, the way we engage. We want to step away from those things. And even in Galatians the 5th chapter, the 18th through the 21st verse where it talks about the works of the flesh, and there are many. <laughs> it also says the whole list has not been spoken of. Because some people will say, oh, well, I'm not doing that. I'm doing this and it's not listed there. Listen, if it's not a fruit of the spirit, then it is a work of the flesh.
and it is a stinking fruit is what it is. So I just wanted to encourage you today that we need to mature our attitude. And when we mature our attitude, we begin to shine brighter in this world and people begin to see more daily that we are not the people that we used to be, but that we are growing and developing stronger in the things of the Lord. And we begin to walk in such a way that people are drawn to the spirit that is emulating around us, that is flowing from us. And they are drawn to the spirit so that they too may receive Christ as their savior and that they too may be, be begin to walk in a better way. So I just wanted to share that with you on today. Remember the scripture was Isaiah 30 and 18, um, an attitude of maturity. And so as we begin to close out, I just want to remind you that I was speaking from my own personal book, the book of Isaiah, 23 devote, 23 day devotional. Please go to Amazon and purchase this, um, this book. I have some people that are doing, um, that have purchased it as a group and they're doing it as a Bible study together. Um, but it's a 23 daily devotion from the book of Isaiah. So support our efforts. Um, our proceeds go to our mission school in Kenya. So when you purchase a book, when you purchase a T-shirt or resource from Living Word International Ministry, you are purchasing to support a worthy cause. Please go to my webpage, DrAnnetteWestMinistries.org, and you can order the book from there as well. If you order the book from my webpage, I will sign that book and send it to you. Again, thanks for signing and for checking in. I appreciate you. And I hope that you have a great rest of the week. Until we connect again on next Thursday, Dr. Annette West signing out. Have a fabulous day.